Hi, my name is Kibali Morethi and I would like to welcome you to the second season of Ari Diaries. Ari Diaries is an audio profiles podcast curated by Herman Ogula and I. Picking up from our first season, this series will spotlight more exemplary women who embody the Ari spirit of initiative, spirit and drive in everything they do as well as what they lend their voices to. The thematic focus will be breaking biases as well as how to achieve gender equality today for sustainable tomorrow. Hi guys, this is Kibali. Welcome to another episode of Ari Diaries. And our guest right now is Jerry Furaha Mushura. But I will let you introduce yourself the way that you'd like to be introduced. All right. Hi, my name is Jerry. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. I said all <laughs> like your I said names. All my names. You like, know, it's uh, very African to say <laughs> all your names. In fact, even though you should have told me more so I, we get into like, and who are you named after, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Once upon a time I was born and mm-hmm. then I was named. And there's a there's a name that is not there that is I'm so happy that nobody knows it. Yeah. And that is not a opening of a door for you to ask me. We've, so what is that? We've closed it, we've closed it. We shall discuss this in part two. Yes. Yeah. But I'm Jerry. I am a photographer and an educator. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. And I am a mother of three. Okay. A partner to one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like you know those conversations that you start stand in church. You know, hello, how are you? Yeah, but I am. Um, I I live life. Okay. Yeah, and I I purpose to enjoy it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. There's um, life is too difficult to think ahead and plan ahead. Mm-hmm. So I smell the roses every day. Yeah. Because if you wait, <laughs> I don't know, like the past two years I've shown you, mm. I've shown us like, you know what, embrace it for what it is. It will come. If if the bumps are coming, see, they're coming. See, we let the wind go through our hair and smell the roses and see the view. <laughs> I think we're done with the podcast. <laughs> like you've given your final words. Bye, guys. Like, to be Maliza. That's it. Uh, okay. Educator... What did you say? Educator? Educa- no, I was... Mm, let me take it back. Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Jerry. Uh-huh. I am a three-time international award-winning portrait and documentary photographer. Girl. Just mm-hmm. saying. Yes. We need to learn how to own the entirety of who we are. Yes. And sometimes, listen to me preaching, sometimes as women, we want to be humble mm-hmm. and not... A ruffle because we have been told if you say it, it becomes like it's arrogant mm. and you feel some type of way. Mm. So I've been learning to say who I am. Yes. And who I am is I am a three-time international award-winning portrait and documentary photographer and educator. And I lead a global, I lead the programming department of a global INGO. Listen, we've finished this conversation. It's done. You know, I think I love... There's a reason why I tell people to introduce themselves the way that they like to be introduced. Because I feel like if I read your bio, sometimes people will write what they think people want to read, yeah. you know. But if, if I tell you, please introduce yourself the way that you like to be introduced. Maybe you're like... You, maybe you sell jackfruit and yeah. you never tell people that. And it's important that you mention it because then we'll be like, alas, where can we find yeah. jackfruit? You know what is a jackfruit, but yes, fenessi. Matoboko. No, 
those are different. Those are something apples. Something. Oh, sugar apple, apple sugar. Cas- yeah. I think called custard apple. apple. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, matomoko. Matomoko. Yeah. yeah, tomoko. Yeah, those are different. Okay. Finesse. I don't. Know, how did we? <laughs> Sorry. Let us get back to your story. Uh, what's your background? Like, where were you born? What's your family like? It is CTC. I was born in Buruburu, um, phase two, mm-hmm. uh, to two wonderful human beings, mm-hmm. strict as hell. <laughs> the story of every African family. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the first of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are two girls and the last one is a boy. Um, yeah, it was like a very interesting growing up because we spoke English in our house. Mm. This is Buru. Mm-hmm. So you speak English at home, you go outside and you sound like you have just landed from a plane and people don't understand what you're saying. Mm. I went to Harambe Primary School, a wonderful, wonderful school. I, I know now that to get into Harambe then, mm. you had to know someone who knows someone because it was like a, a good school. Mm. And in that school, we used to speak English. Mm-hmm. And I did not speak Swahili until I got, got into Form 1. Okay. And where did you go to Form 1? Like, where did you go to high school, rather? So after going, you know, having this sheltered living, mm. and, you know, you're just babied very well, mm. and you pass your exams, mm-hmm. your father says, you know, we need to harden you up for some, for your life. And I was thrown mm-hmm. from the Siri to Moy Girls Kamango. Where? It is in Kikuyu. So if like we're zooming into the map, mm. you get to Kikuyu, mm-hmm. you go in and go in and go in, and then you find nothingness, then you find our school. Now I hear it's developed. You know, Ndege is becoming developed. Mm. There's tarmac, there's high-rise estates going on. Then it was a desert <laughs> full of Kikuyu speakers. I'm dead. <laughs> so... I'm coming from the Siri. Mm-hmm. I am learning Kiswahili in school. Yeah. And I have 90% Kikuyu speakers in school as well. So every single word that comes out of my mouth is offensive. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a Bontau who speaks English. Mm-hmm. And they think that I am pretending because I can't hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that set me up for success, really. <laughs> Expound. Because the, you can't bully someone who is... Unbullable? No, who is small, mm. who has an unmanageable afro, who has an unmanageable afro, mm-hmm. who has Gandhi specs mm-hmm. and braces. And is as thin as a maize plant. <laughs> so you can't you can't bully someone like that. <laughs> as in, I have everything is uh, going wrong mm-hmm. for that person. <laughs> so <laughs> it's fun times. Okay. Yeah, because you see, you're not pretty. Mm. You're the opposite of popular because you're going against every grain in that school. Every grain. Right? So what is there that's going for you except your personality? 
So you develop it. Mm-hmm. And as a form one, you join drama. Mm-hmm. And because you have all this English, you become the best in written compositions and you start reading news and you start packaging news and then you write your school magazine. Mm. And in form two, you become your press editor. Natural progression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, you're not pretty. I don't know why you keep going back to <laughs> No, because I am a late bloomer. Let's, mm. let's you know. Call a spade a spade. We, we're like bubble heads. Mm. You know, you're so skinny, but your head is big. So it's like if the wind passes, <laughs> you will be. But anyway, there's a reason to all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's okay to laugh. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's because. <laughs> yes. Okay, I've caught my breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you realize that you have to develop other skills to survive these four years. I'm that child who used to close school and carry the box and tell everybody goodbye. I'm not coming back. I ain't coming back here. And then? My dad is going to put... Then opening day, <laughs> me and my box are back to school. Mm. So I feel like who I am right now is because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will land on my feet at any one point. Because you were trained for that. Oh my gosh. It was a thorough training. Interesting. So did you, did you, did you get the privilege of not going back to that school? Or you finished Never. there? Never. I finished. <sighs> wow. It was so bad. It, <laughs> <laughs> no? it, it it's wonderful now. The yeah. school is wonderful now. Mm-hmm. Then it was like during the 1998, and I've just said how old I am, 98 um, El Nino floods. Bombing. And then we had the drought the year before. Mm-hmm. And because you're the smallest person mm-hmm. in your year, and you had to fetch water, mm-hmm. guess who was being thrown into spaces? It's 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 a wonderful. Um, Sorry, what? Yeah, like we had to go to the cowshed and chota water from the cowshed. This is a. I'm from town. We switch on the tap, turn the tap on, and there's water. Now I have to ferry buckets. Okay, it sounds so privileged when I'm keeping saying this. But it helped me see mm. things differently. Mm-hmm. I appreciate my parents more. Mm-hmm. But when you're a teenager, you, you, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it, puts in, it puts in you some form of grit mm-hmm. that whatever is thrown at you. You can handle. You can handle it. You just roll with it. Like, it will angusha you. I mean, the by the time you've survived wells and cowsheds, this sounds like the story of Joseph in the Bible, my God. Anyway. Yeah. It's a wonderful journey. Like when I think about it now, mm. I am very grateful. Okay. Because now after that, like you cannot make fun of someone who makes fun of themselves. This is true. Right? Yeah. And you learn like, um, you know, it sticks and stones. Like now we know words can really hurt you, but then it's like duck. It's you're a duck and that's water. Just shake it off and then keep moving. Mm. Right? So by the time I'm clearing fourth, mm-hmm. 
I'm still not blooming. So mm. I'm like one of the boys. <laughs> my mom, there's a day she asked me if she gave birth to a boy. Uh. Because, again, I was the youngest in my class. Mm-hmm. And the latest of the latest bloomers. Mm-hmm. So I gave up on blooming. <laughs> Started wearing. Adolescently. <laughs> yeah. That's like a clear school when I'm like maybe 16 and a half mm-hmm. or 17. I'm not blooming. I don't get hit on. We go to Funkies. I just hang with the boys as one of the boys mm. because I have female friends that they like. So I'm the one who sent to get, as in it was such, I would have carried so many issues from high school. Right. But I didn't because I'm awesome. So I clear and I decide since I am not as pretty mm-hmm. as the rest of the girls that we cleared with, mm-hmm. I'll hang out with the boys. Okay. So, you know, like jobless corner. Mm-hmm. Find me there, please. Okay. Right? Dress like a Leah. But it's not a Leah because mm-hmm. I have, I look like a number 11. <laughs> so, so, so I clear high school. I sit with the boys. My mom goes like, I don't think I gave birth to a boy. Mm-hmm. So get your act together. <laughs> figure out your hormones. So I I figured the best way to do this is to be a model. <laughs> so me, I went, there was an audition for Miss... Some, what was Miss it? something, Miss... Mm. Miss Tourism, Nairobi. Oh, yeah, there was that, yeah. yes. In 2020, 2001. Mm. Have I worn heels before? Never. Okay. Do I know how to apply makeup? Makeups. What is makeups? Unless it's like the Irene lipstick and the wanja that you draw a triangle on your face because that is what you think eyebrows look like. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) So that was my like, okay, fine. So you go there and you actually perform. So we were trained for like... um, I think maybe two months. Mm-hmm. Nelly Mshimba and Pinky Gelani were our teachers. Mm-hmm. And I managed to walk in heels. You did? Although the whole new world opened up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, we go, uh, we do the catwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I think I was like a runner's up or something. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Literally. And then that opened up to now adverts and billboards mm-hmm. and being, you know, modeling and whatnot and whatnot. But that that also put, because it put me in front of the camera, mm-hmm. I started getting curious mm-hmm. about how these things are done. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me maybe seven, eight years from 2001 to... For me to have my first camera. Really? Yep. Okay. So modeling, start getting ads, all of that. And then it takes you eight years. So between, like, what were you doing? Did you go to school? Did you, did you? So I, I had to go, excuse me, I had to go to college. Mm-hmm. Was it by choice? Because we have to get an education. I mean. I mean, education is power. Yes. Yeah. So, 
I started doing like small, small courses. I don't know why mm. I did. I have like a diploma in economics, diploma in human resource management, diploma in social work. Mm. Then as I was trying to get my dad to get me into USIU, mm-hmm. because now I figured, you know, next frontier. And it's, it was like the hottest uni right now. Mm. And we lived close by. Mm-hmm. We were living now in Kasarani. I was like, Dad, I want to go there. <laughs> so I've been called to Nairobi Uni. Mm-hmm. I have lingered it like this, no tomorrow. The plague. I want to go. Yes, I mm. My father said, you're mad. So if you don't want to go to Nairobi University, I'm not paying for uni. I was like, uh-huh. So I found this college mm-hmm. that allowed me to do my degree, like a fast-track degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, um, what is it called? Correspondence. Mm-hmm. Distance learning. Yeah. Yeah. So I joined that so that I can fulfill my dad's uh, need for me to go to school, mm-hmm. but I can still model and tour mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm. Yeah. So compromise. Clever. Yeah. So I finished my BBA in like two and a half years. Okay. I started my master's and then I said, that is not what I wanted to do. You were done. I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I got my BBA. I traveled um, even went to Uganda, mm. part of Africa, did a lot of things, got into radio, got into TV, did comedy for some odd reason. <laughs> yeah. Then I kept on finding myself in the edit suit. Mm-hmm. For maybe, I think I was funny and I was good company to people. So I started seeing how things are done. Yeah. And I worked also on the XYZ show. Mm. I worked on uh, the weekly show. Was the XYZ show? The puppets. Sh- yeah. Was it where Godan used to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a Somali. <laughs> Super typecast. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You no, can see like that's I have, not where my mind was going, but okay. No, I was um yeah. I I think I have a career in comedy if I really want to. Mm. I was on the Churchill show. Uh. I did a live show on stage uh-huh. and people laughed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it have been getting endorsements, but you refused your path. And yeah. Okay. I chose to be a mother. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. <laughs> Please, um, don't let me stop you. No. I think that's like my first um, meeting with a ceiling. Mm. Because, so I have everything going for me. Like I have, um, I'm like a star mm-hmm. in my modeling agency because I'm getting all the jobs. Yeah. Like, I've done Safaricom. I've done Airtel. That was very bad. Mm. Like I did all three in mm. a year. Yes. Is that allowed? It's not allowed. Mm-hmm. I've I done hair products, uh, perfumes, everything. And I'm on TV and I'm on radio and life is great. Mm. And then I get pregnant. Wow. I, okay. And it's an oops baby. Mm. Because 
and I don't. Finally, you are not. You are no longer a late bloomer. My gosh! Oh, did I? I mean, I'm on TV. I'm on billboards. Mm. I'm actually now pretty. <laughs> okay, I am gorgeous. <laughs> um, so I met my uh, ex person, and I will. I always say that doctors, gynecologists, pharmacists should always say mm. and ask this question every time they're giving you birth control. Mm-hmm. Are you on antibiotics? Because mm. antibiotics cancel out birth control. You know, I only know this. So I was going to say the only thing I know that cancels out is what are they called? Activated charcoal pills. Like yes. you're always told not to take those when you're yeah, yeah, because you will be shocked by Ta-da. all the things that they will absorb <laughs> in your body. <laughs> so I will add on to your list antibiotics. That's very interesting. Yeah. So you do what boyfriends and girlfriends do, mm-hmm. and you have a homer, and you're on antibiotics, mm-hmm. but you're also on birth control, and then you feel malaria-ish. It's malaria. malaria. Oh my gosh, that malaria killed me for like three months. Malaria. Until my doctor goes like, can we just do a blood test? Can we just be sure? Yeah, because this malaria of yours is not going Unless away. it's Ebola, but then it doesn't, you don't have the signs So like what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Like, what is what is this? Yeah. Ah, you are four months pregnant. Mm? It's like... <laughs> it's not time for pregnancy, please. Yeah. It's time for me to just live my life and do whatever. So the I will call it it's a drop mm. where now there's no more work coming in. Mm-hmm. And now you're pregnant and now you have to sit. And then now when you sit and now you want to go back, mm. things have moved on so fast that you can't get back in again. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the time I'm trying to get back in again, malaria. Second time. Second malaria. Hmm. 18 months apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I stayed home for maybe all of five years yeah. or seven years to raise both of them. Mm-hmm. And that's when I picked up my camera. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had, when you have like nothing but Dora the Explorer to keep you company, <laughs> And that those number songs and the ABCs because you have two children under two. Mm. And the only thing they talk about is mom. Mm-hmm. You have to keep your brain working. Mm-hmm. So I picked up the camera and then started taking pictures of them. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, oh, you actually have an eye for something. Mm. And that's how now my photography started growing. Interesting. Yeah. And then now from there, like, there was a workshop that came. Mm. I attended it. There was a competition at the end of the workshop. I won. I was second place. Mm-hmm. So I won a camera. Then from there, someone pushed my work. Somewhere. Somewhere. I got a job at um, the Star. When I was at the Star, James Mura was my boss. Safaricom was looking for photographers for Capture Kenya, I mm-hmm. think, twenty. 13, 2014, without asking me, he just forwarded my name. Mm. And then I got a call. You are being selected to be part of... So Wait. 
So I am asleep in my bed. Yes. It is around seven o'clock maybe or six, seven o'clock. I get a call. I am very sleepy. Someone says you have been um, selected to, uh, you're part of the finalists who will be doing the Safari Com challenge. I laughed and I hung up. Because you thought I, I must, you're pranking me. Committee, please. <laughs> okay. Because I've been doing photography for maybe nine months. Mm. So there's no way in hell with all of the photographers in the country. I'm like number last. Or so you thought. They called me back. Mm. and said, please don't hang up. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? Sure, you need to be at XYZ today at maybe like, I think, three o'clock. You're one of the finalists. We need to talk to you because you're leaving in a week. I say, what the hell? Mm. Me? <laughs> I, I'm still shooting on outdoor. I don't know how to use my camera. Mm. And then you're telling me I'm going for a week to where? So I went for the week. I did a good job. Mm-hmm. And I took amazing pictures. Mm-hmm. They made the calendar. They made the um, book. Mm-hmm. One of those pictures won my second award. Um, it was the Mohammed uh, Mo Ibrahim. Yeah. Uh, Nini for governance. Mm-hmm. I was the first Kenyan female to win that Pan-African award. Congratulations again. Yeah. So then after that, I've, so I've done work in photography until probably, I set up my studio in 2000, maybe 2019. 2019. Mm-hmm. So then my focus changed. I did documentary work and I only photograph women mm-hmm. and I don't photograph models. Mm-hmm. Because again, I believe or I feel like when a woman gets to a certain stage in her life where she's a mother, she's a wife, she's a business person, they we tend to forget ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in when we have families, we don't take pictures of ourselves. We are the ones who are taking pictures. So when you look through like a quote unquote a modern woman's gallery, then no pictures of she, her. She doesn't exist. Wow. So my my main aim as to why I did that line in the sun, like I will photograph women first mm-hmm. and their families and what they feel um, are important to them is because when my mom passed away, mm-hmm. we didn't find a single picture of her. It took for you to call Flani or Flani or Flani mm-hmm. Finding a picture that we can use on her funeral program, yeah, and that her final, you know, that your picture for yeah. putting on the yeah the one casket that's framed, yeah, yeah. We had to crop so many people out to get that one. That's very interesting. So, my I think my mission right now is to make sure that women have beautiful pictures of themselves mm. first. They, when they are in front of my lens, to feel that they matter, that they are seen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do the whole thing. I do the makeup. We do like a wardrobe consult. And I pose you. I don't tell you to do something nice. Smile. Be sexy. 
because I, I, if you tell me that, I don't know what, what you're saying. Mm. Tell me an action to do. So I went and I learned how female bodies move. And so that's now what I offer women. And it's in that interactions with like so many women, they keep saying, when we leave your studio, it's like um, we have come to rest. Mm. And we feel seen and we have learned something. Because now, whenever we stand in front of another photographer, we know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I do. And it's because of that client education, I figured, then let's raise photographers mm-hmm. who, number one, will tell their own story their own way. Yeah. Because, you know that saying for, until the lion learns to tell the story, the story will always glorify the hunter. Yeah. African lions, man, we, we are beasts. But why is it that we need other people to come and tell our stories, mm. right? We, I have been passed over so many times in favor of a white male photographer yeah. to come and do the same thing. And then when we compare work, my work and his work, there's no difference. Mm. Yeah. Or I have been bypassed because I am a female photographer and I am told that I'm busy with my family. Which makes no sense because I have, it's not like I'm a single, even if I'm a single parent, I have a nanny, mm-hmm. I have my parents, I can, I have people, my, I have a village who's willing to stand in for me to go get my bag and come back. Yeah. Yeah. So now when I got into PhotoStart and our mission is to empower young people and kids living mm. in like disadvantaged areas mm. because that is where they find a lot of hot photographers or people from outside their communities who come in to tell their stories and they tell their stories wrongly. L- miss the nuances, just miss everything. everything. Yeah. So this African lions have a story to tell. Mm. The only thing that they don't have is the skill Mm-hmm. or they have the skill. Don't have the equipment. They don't have the equipment. Yeah. So we come into these communities with equipment mm-hmm. and with skills and with opportunities. Mm. And we empower them. And let me tell you, if I wasn't getting... But yes. If I wasn't getting paid and I was getting paid in the... Just the pride of seeing someone change or that feeling when someone gets it and can photograph their story either you know take stills or take videos and they edit it and people look at it and go like this cannot have been done by one of us Mm. they can do such such and such and the community itself now embraces them and it allows them to get into other spaces within the same, same community and bring out stories, I would be very happy. Though money is king. And queen. Yeah. Um, so does your studio still exist? Uh, Corona. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I closed it. It didn't make any sense, yeah. so I just shut it down. And... Um, so during that period, we were developing our online classes and whatnot. So we have both face-to-face and we have like online lessons. 
I think that even before we get into like what is that, I think the the ethos of what it is you're doing, which is to there's a word I've been seeing a lot and I've been thinking about it since I saw it, invisibilization, to make invisible, invisibilization, I think that's, that's how it's pronounced, of people. It's like that complete erasure of, and you don't even think about the fact that because you're the one, you're the one that is taking the pictures, you never appear in them and no one ever notices until we're making your obituary and then they're like, oh, crap, there is no picture. And you know, the, the only pictures that you are there are not of your current age. Yeah, there's that. I think I was just thinking of a different analogy. So there's a friend of mine, um, he makes a joke and he says that he deliberately now gives men flowers for their birthday, right? Because men generally only receive flowers when they're dead on your casket, mm-hmm. right? On your, when you've been buried, that's when you receive them. And he's been doing that because first it's very jolting because you would never expect to be, one, you don't expect to be given flowers. You don't even think it's possible to be given flowers. And mm-hmm. then number three, that a guy would walk around with flowers and then come and give them to you in front of everyone. Like it's the most weird thing and as you were talking I was thinking about how deliberate it is with what you're doing and I think that you should if you're not doing it you should still continue just the fact that you because it's such it's very cathartic almost the way you would just say for this one hour for this two hours yeah it's just you yes you know and we will do your makeup the way that you want it done um, we will give you advice, wardrobe, whatever. But then in this moment, we will take a picture of you that your family will look back and say, we have these pictures. And we can them, use these pictures yeah. for anything. I call them legacy pictures. Yeah, I think that I think that if you're not doing it, I think you should continue. I, I need to go back. Even if you frame it in terms of like a project, funding, whatever it is. But I feel like... I feel like you should continue to do it. It's it's a very powerful, it's a very powerful thing. Thank you. And 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 yes, I will. Like, cause like that reminded me of, I forgot to let to tell you. So I did this campaign. It was not a campaign. Mm-hmm. So I photographed uh, people living with albinism, mm-hmm. for no reason. Just, I have never seen them photographed beautifully. Mm-hmm. So I gathered like three or four. I created this concept around it. Um, I had makeup, I had wardrobe, and I photographed them and put it. It was a personal project. Mm. So I was trying to see if I can document the whole project, the whole process of me getting these things and meeting with them and whatnot. So put them in on YouTube and I don't know why. So mm-hmm. once I finished and it was, I put it up on uh, International Albinism Day. Yeah. The funniest thing happened. Because of those pictures, they decided to do Miss and, Mr. and Miss Albinism. Because mm. now everybody goes like, they actually are beautiful. Mm. I'm like, but the only pictures that we've been having and the stories you've been having are from 
the newspaper such and such has been, you know, amputated because someone thinks that yeah. their legs is good luck yeah. or their skin is nini. But then here they are looking just, you know, gorgeous and flawless. Regal, yeah. Yeah. And that was picked up by BuzzFeed. <laughs> it was picked up by Huffington Post. Mm. It was also, there's, um, I think she's called Dolores. She's a model. She's an, uh, it's, we don't say albinism model. She's a model living, living with. with albinism. Yeah. And she also shared it on her platforms and stuff. And I think that, for me, was a testament of, I need to, we see things differently. Mm. And it should be okay. It, it's not just about the money. It's about the story. And if you can tell the story, especially tell an African story, it, that has... Um, that has pride, that has triumph, that has strength, that now even has resilience, mm -hmm. that is triumphing over stuff and retaining its beauty and retaining its regalness. That is a story that is not heard. So even in photographing women as I do, it's telling their story. Because when I, when, when I look at you, your body is a, is a glove. Mm -hmm. So it's not the body I'm really interested in. It's I need you to appear in your eyes. And that's who I photograph. So when people look at that, they see themselves. Mm. And they go like, ah, I didn't think I looked like this. Mm. And that every time you look at your pictures, it reminds you of that feeling of that day. No matter what you're going through, you go back there. And that's also what's happening with my work. Once you show a community that everybody thinks is full of druggies and thieves and whatnot, mm. and you find beautiful stories and you showcase it in the community, they see you every time you walk in their community and you remind them of those pictures. Mm. And they have something to be proud of. And when they see their children who are going through these classes and um, passing and they showcase their own work. It's a sense of pride that even if whomever comes into the community trying to tell a different story, now they have the voice to say, mm -mm. no, to Konawa Tueto. Yeah. And they can do this job. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't want them to photograph, they will be there for you to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, when did you... What was... Like what was the journey for you? What was the journey to for you to sort of get to Photostat? I'm guessing this happened during COVID. Uh, be before COVID. Yeah. So as I'm photographing, no. So I don't know <laughs> because the founder of Photostat we were in the same photography group, mm -hmm. and then he was having a problem somewhere, and Jerry being Jerry, not knowing boundaries. Mm. I was like, yo, so you let me tell you what you do. Mm. You do A, B, C, D. He goes like, do this. So you just do it. Mm. I'm like, mm. and that's how I started. Like, um, I am a problem solver and I am a mother. So everybody in the organization says that I mom people so much. Mm. 
because I can see where you're going mm. and let's not waste time. If you're going to fall in a hole, you just sidestep yeah. and we keep it moving. So um, I got invited to a couple of events that had the kids there. I helped out a few things here and there, came in as a volunteer. And then here I am like four years later mm. or five years later. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, what has the journey been like for you with Photostat? Very interesting. Yeah. It has been a very f- steep learning curve <laughs> because I'm just a photographer. Not just, I'm but... I'm just a photographer. You know, I just oh, want to take pictures and help out with the kids. Mm. But then I am an overachiever. Mm-hmm. And when I see a problem, it's it's a problem. It's a fixable problem. Yeah. So let's fix it. It's an opportunity so, to fix, yeah. Yeah. So I got in there and... Um, set up a structure, mm. set up a curriculum so that we have like a step-by-step-by-step how we learn photography, created like opportunities for the kids to showcase their work. Like just whatever found, I built on the foundation that was there. Mm. And again, I am just a photographer. Mm-hmm. When I say that, it's not just in gist because as a creative you never think of the management side of things. Yeah. You just want to create a nice, nice picture, mm. send to the client, and that's it. But there are management systems that, you know, now when you get into education, yeah. it's not just one plus one is two. Yeah. Yay. But then how many students know what one plus one is? Mm. How many are getting one plus one is two? How many are getting 11? How do we move the ones who are getting 11 to two? Mm-hmm. And... I have never been in management. Mm. I have only managed myself and my family. Mm-hmm. So I started learning about uh, management and learning about KPIs. Yeah. What are KPIs? <laughs> how do you come to that? And then how do you set them? And then how do you manage them? And mm. then, and so I have been constantly learning, then getting thrown into project management. Yeah. And how do you manage these things? And coordinating and and then online learning. How do people learn online? Mm. And then how do you take a program that you've been teaching on the ground face to face? Convert it to a digital program. Yes. Yeah. And that's now I And then also how do you figure out the infrastructure to ensure that your students can now Thank you. Yeah. So this is now who I am. Mm. Where uh twenty nineteen and 2018, 2019, I was the guy on the ground just being picked up, coming to assist in the classes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then COVID happened. Yeah. And I said, then one of our programs asked us, what are you going to do to keep our students occupied? Mm. Because they come in a, from a community where the minute they are let to be idle, we lose them. Mm. Their parents sent me messages. Miss Jerry. What are we going to do? What is the plan? Mm. Is there a plan? So I sit down. You're literally the surrogate parent. Fam, I am mm. for over like maybe a thousand students. Yeah. Where you have to, it's not fun and games anymore. Yeah. These are lives that we're talking about. So we sit down with the, um, with my people and management and go like, we have to do something. Mm-hmm. And then it's brought back to you. So what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And map out a learning path. Mm. 
and pilot it as we are mapping it out because these kids have to be kept busy mm. and figure out when they loosen their um, protocols how to get to the ground so that it can still see you yeah and know that you haven't let you know left them yeah and now with the success of one more start asking for it mm. and now we multiply it and then <laughs> it's it's the journey has changed me in knowing that i have an endless capacity mm-hmm. and when i say endless it's not that um no i always have the it's not endless capacity i always have fresh capacity mm-hmm. because when you say endless it means you you will die mm-hmm. you will over it will be tapped and it to but when you see like how the bible says uh yahweh's mercies are new every morning mm-hmm. so for every day you have that capacity mm-hmm. and it is as fresh as it is untapped and you can with that 24 hours you have you have capacity for that mm-hmm. and i have grown i don't cry anymore mm. when things are so so i don't know how to do it there's a way mm. and if you take small bites you can finish an elephant mm. yeah so that my growth within it's very fulfilling yeah yeah where to see that you have grown a program to a place where we have hours we have lessons learned we have people who have graduated we have held online exhibitions and face to face exhibitions you have behavior change one of the biggest things during the second was it the second lockdown we've had two i think yeah yeah well kind of it was it like feels, it feels like 100 years in in yeah. one yeah so uh we were in did you know that there's a slum in in loresho mm-hmm. right kibagari yeah so we were in kibagari and then there was a cessation of movement mm-hmm. the chief said excuse me cessation is you and your people <laughs> because as for us and our household you shall come back you are coming to class mm. the same way you are going you are coming before the cessation mm. because these are reformees these are ex criminals because of you guys they have been off the street mm. because of you guys we have had less crime mm. dare you stop as like kuna corona we want to understand whom corona is your face but we have to be there mm. what is mask wearing but a suggestion so so ask is outside as we have to come in our masks mm. we hold the classes we go through the day we give them assignments that have to be given in the next day mm-hmm. we make sure that at least for that day we break bread yeah and do it again and again over and over again yeah rinse and repeat we kept them we had a meeting with the OCS for um the kabete a station mm. and he was like you know what you held us down wow and i'm like but i am just a photographer not just i am a mother now yeah yeah so 
that's now for me and Photostat, where we we always land on our feet. Even if you land on your feet and fall to your knees, you have landed and you will get up mm. and you'll find a way and the results just keep pushing you forward. Yeah. 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 Um, what are some of the biases that you have faced as yourself and also just like, you, we already talked about one bias, which is first because, because, quote unquote, because you're a female photographer, you get overlooked just because there's no other, it's not there's an issue no of capability, it's not an issue of skill, no. talent, it is, you just get overlooked. That's one bias. So what other biases have you, have you encountered, both as you, um, Jerry, the photographer, and also just in, you, in the industry in general? And also, now that you're also heading, you know, like with Photostatch, for example. The bias is just being female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a whole umbrella mm-hmm. where as a, so because everything goes back to female. So I'm a female photographer mm-hmm. and then I'm a female photographer who's a mother. Mm-hmm. So I'm overlooked because I'm female, just because I am female. They feel, <laughs> they feel like I am, um, I'm too much, mm. which was so strange. But anyway. And then now being a female photographer who's a mother, you get bypassed because they assume you don't have time or you don't have systems around you to take care of your children because uh, husbands are just placeholders. Mm. Yeah, they are disabled. As opposed to you have greater time management skills because of the I mean, fact that you have to balance many things. The fact that I am a mother... I think I, sh- I need to break it down and add that to my CV. Mm. Yeah. Because I have delegation skills. I have management skills. I have... Uh, Financial management skills. Yeah. yeah. Resource building, capacity building. I have all of that. But nobody sees that. They see you have three kids and you need to spend time with your children. So we can't send you out of the county, out of the country, because you have children. Who will look after your children? I'm like, that is none of your business. Mm. And the only way, like, I've traveled out of the country because of my work. And it's only because a female was hiring. Mm. Yeah. And and an empowered female was hiring. Because I have had a disempowered female shut me down. Mm. Because I am female. And she thinks that we cannot work together. I was not even invited to the table have that conversation with her. Mm-hmm. And then you hear that the person that they sent, the work came back was bad and now she can't contact me because she's embarrassed. And then now, as a program head, getting into communities that are male-led mm-hmm. and trying to effect change. Mm-hmm. And then I'm small. Okay, so mm. <laughs> and sitting with like, you know, you have the government recognized leadership mm-hmm. and then you have the community recognized leadership. Yeah. Sitting with this tier here mm. and having them respect you for your skill and your work 
and not dismiss you as our oh, needs. Another NGO that is coming just to waste time. Nasasa, you give us money. Because mm. that is what usually happens NGOs on the ground. do, yeah. Right. So here we're not giving you money. We're just coming to give you skill and give the people that you have asked to come to the class opportunities for exposure and to, you know, practice on their skill and um, get themselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a three levels that we fight every day. Mm-hmm. But we move regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other question I was going to ask is, The other theme, I mean, the other theme is there's gender equality in a sustainable world. That's the UN theme. But then the thematic focus was on like climate change, etc. etc. And as you were talking, <laughs> I just realized every documentary I've watched on Netflix of climate change and climate action and climate this has been of one particular person from one particular country. And I think there's like 2,000 of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Netflix. You can still call me for a job if you want. You know, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say nice things about you, but I'm just wondering, like, what is the place of, like, I don't even ask. Is it, how do I phrase it? Like, what needs to, what can and must be done to ensure that climate change and climate action initiatives are when it comes from a photography and videography perspective, are being covered mm-hmm. by more women, are featuring more women's, more female subjects, talking about what's happening in the community, you know, and that more, like more grants are specifically going to female photographers and videographers capturing that. Like what, what can and must be done? Um, a lot, but... Just people realizing that women are multidimensional mm. and that their voice is should not be heard through a male lens. What do I mean by that? Every time a woman stands and talks firmly and strongly about something, mm. people in power, 90% being men, switch off. Mm. Because she is being harsh and she is being, you know, she's behaving like a man, mm. right? But then when you want change to happen, the buy-in the buy-in is not from guys. The buy-in has to come from women and women on the ground mm. because who uses the marker, the charcoal? It's not the men in the boardroom. It's not us women who are upwardly mobile. Mm. It's the women in the, on the ground. Yeah. Who will go into the forest and cut trees? Mm. It's not the men. Okay, them, they're doing it for charcoal, for business and blah, blah, blah. But for daily living, it's mama mboga huko. Mm. So until her voice is heard, until the question of why she does that is answered, this, we are not moving. Mm. We can talk about fossil fuel and how big uh, companies and um, capitalism is doing all that. Mm. But I feel like 
once a woman is empowered, her family is empowered, her community is empowered, and then change comes that way. Change has never come from the top down. Yeah. It always has to start from, from the least denominator. And mm. the least denominator is not a child. Mm. It's a woman. Mm. Because children are protected, women are disempowered. Mm. Until I, who is on the ground, understands and can offer her voice to say, okay, so if you say this is bad, can I do this? Which is an alternative energy source. We have women who have, like I see them in the, in Kibagare, where they don't use charcoal anymore, because mm. charcoal is expensive. Yeah. They make briquettes. briquettes. Yeah. See, we are solving the problem there. Mm. So why can't we empower more women to do the same? And the briquettes burn for longer. Mm -hmm. So they can do a lot of cooking with that. Yeah. Then once that solution is made, then you can look at the second tier mm -hmm. and then move upwards that way. Because, mm -hmm. again, because of the work that I do in the places that I do, yeah. everything that is spoken on a high level is just gas. Mm -hmm. It never gets down. Mm -hmm. It just keeps going up and up. Until this conversation stops and they come down and they sit with Wanchiko and Akeni and go like, okay, to know Nashida Hapa, there's a problem here. Mm. How do we solve it? And they have a solution on the ground anyway, because they make the solution. And then now that is replicated and made better. Mm. The other thing is to listen to their stories their stories cannot always be of woe. Because mm. we have a lot of triumph in the slum. If you put a woman from Runda to take her to Kibra and tell her to live the same way, that woman is going to kill herself. Mm. But we are always, as we're always told, you're one misfortune away from yeah. her. But she's resilient and she's surviving mm. and she's thriving and she's happy. Mm. So can we learn from her? Mm. And that's now where female storytellers come in because we don't come in with a bias. We listen to you woman to woman mm -hmm. and we tell your story woman to woman. Yeah. And if we had more funding for us to get down there and tell these stories, because once you hear the stories of how they overcome all these things, mm. how much more when they have a little bit more yeah. in their pocket how much more can they do for themselves, for their family, for the community? And once that changes, the second tier changes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. As you were talking, I was thinking about several things. Um, I don't know if the opportunities, but I was just thinking. One, what would it would be so awesome to have like the Kibagari stories, the briquette stories captured you know where there's literally like a documentation in all the regions that all the areas and all the regions that you work with having like your female students covering female-led female-centered some like climate action whatever initiatives i think that would be really dope um that's one number two i feel like tiktok should call you guys because <laughs> if you have a thousand plus young people that are creating content then that's that's a lot of content. I, I don't know anybody at TikTok, but I might find a cousin there. Hey. You know, but I think that they should call you. But I was thinking number three, um, 
what's that thing I thought of? Ah, um, there's really youth youth day in August, mm. right? But then there is there is also Africa Youth Day and Month in November, and I think that it would be really really cool to see how something like Photostatch can work with the African Union to have stories of young Africa covered by yes. the young of yeah. Africa. I think that would be such an interesting thing, like almost like an online exhibition, whatever it is. It can happen in Mashinani, but also like just captured digitally. Yeah. Um, that would be really, I think that would be really cool. As you were talking, those are the things that were playing in my head. I need that download on paper. Okay. I'll send you this episode so when, that, we're, <laughs> when we're done, you know. Because like now, you see, so we have this on the ground in Kenya, right? Mm. But we have the same on the ground in Uganda, in South Africa. Yeah. We have the same in the States. We, ha- we are going to start one also in Iraq. Mm-hmm. So... My plan for this year is to amalgamate all the stories as a photostat story. All the stories as these are the kids. When I say kids, it means from age seven to however old they are. Mm-hmm. This is a photostat family story. And just piece all these things together. So that that Dini for uh, the, Af- the Africa month, I feel like because now my kids are uh, are deep in videography mm. and one of their assignments for this month is to come up with either do ads or do a short documentary um like a day in my life because mm. we start there we start from tiktok reels mm-hmm. then we go longer and then we go longer mm. so we are doing like a day in my life and now we super compile all of those and then like remember that that documentary for uh 2020 2020 2021 um a day in 2021 mm. those that it was like shots of people all around the world how they dealt with the corona season yeah yeah and then you put it all together and then start packing putting content out now okay yeah okay I think we have spoken for more than an hour. So final <laughs> words, and then we go home. Final words. Women are great. Mm-hmm. Yes, women are super women. Final words. Our capacity is renewed every morning. Okay. Yeah. So just, we have so much to give. We have so much to nurture. And we have so many bumps to overcome. Mm-hmm. But we're refreshed every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just because you're refreshed every morning means you have the capacity to go through it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And that is the core of resilience, isn't it? That is true. I answered the question, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for for coming to speak with us. Like that's really cool. I think this has been an awesome it's been an awesome eye-opening interview I think conversation not interview conversation so like I really appreciate it thank you so much for having me it was fun okay yeah okay let's figure out how to explore <laughs> those ideas we've shared in the podcast fantastic bye bye guys a huge huge thanks to Catalyst Media for making this season possible hope you enjoyed that catch the next episode same time next week <laughs>